We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. Welcome in to LakersNation.com post, post-game show. The Lakers, unfortunately, just drop a heartbreaking law, uh, game tonight to the Miami Heat. I mean, I don't even know if heartbreaking is the way to, to describe it. I, I think we are just at the point where everything is, excuse me, just straight up frustrating. Um, because that that is kind of where we're at with, with this team on this season where, you know, we just can't figure out zone defenses. We can't figure out what lineups make the most sense after 35 games of the regular season. We just blank on play calling stuff. We blank on game planning stuff. So welcome in from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We're going to be diving into the X's and O's from what happened in tonight's game. I mean, why this Laker team just continues to struggle. And we're also going to dive in towards the end of the show and preview the Memphis Grizzlies matchup. Uh, I want to say that's the game on Friday for the Lakers. The Lakers, luckily, are going to stay at home uh, on this. I mean, they're, they're basically in L.A. for the entire month until the end of the month. They have a, a brief stop in Utah. But outside of that, they're essentially in L.A. for the month of January. Um, Ed Carter, yes, we do got some more um, some more sound panels. But welcome in, like I said, from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Any Super Chats that are submitted throughout tonight's show, I will be uh, answering them, and those definitely will get answered on today's show. Any, for whatever reason, are left over, I will make sure I get to on a bonus show, if you will, as well. But I just want to start this off. Let's just get right into the meat and potatoes of it. How in the world can the Lakers not beat a zone? So I'm just going to draw up here. We I got my, uh, my my digital whiteboard here, if you will, right? That has the, you know, the nice little uh, heat players or whatever right here in, in, in red. This is just a generic 2-3 zone, right? So if I were to fill in, we're just going to fill in the offense, right? So fill in, let, let's add it. Let's just add one right here. Uh, let's go. Uh, we can make it a two-guard front or whatever. Three. And actually, no, let's go. Let's go top, wing, wing. And let's put two guys on the inside. This is all you had to do to beat a zone, right? Now, 
the Heat did some decent things to where, like, if the ball, let's say the ball's up top, right, and the ball gets swung to the wing, right, the Heat, what they would do, they did a really, really good job of almost making it look like a 3-2 because X4 right here, so the bottom guy, he would, a couple of times, he would legitimately, legitimately pop out right there and then these guys would shift over to where it kind of looks like a 3-2. He drops to kind of help take away the middle, the uh, X2. And, yeah, that that is kind. this is kind of what it looked like a, a few times during, the, during the, the game tonight, right? But the Lakers just struggled with this all night long. We were seeing the Lakers take a bunch of shots, like – in the mid-range area are just like taking bad shots right here in the middle of the zone where the the the, the heat probably wants you to show like a zone especially a two three right they're trying to cut off you know paint uh penetration to the paint right especially in a game where jimmy butler's out i mean the heat's just gonna run a zone anyway like even if you go look at the heat and by the way the heat tonight they went zone 40 in the half court. I thought I had it. There we go. The Heat ran half court zone defense 47 times tonight. 47 times tonight did the Heat run a half court zone defense. And they held the Lakers offense to a .787 points per 100%. Uh, not points per 100, but just points per possession. .787. Now, granted, the Lakers... Didn't have a good half-court man-to-man offense either tonight. They were only scoring at a .867 points per possession against man. But, like, the fact that if the Heat want to play almost 50 possessions of zone, it, it should be such a thing where it's like, okay, cool, go ahead, do that, because we're so prepared for it. But it, it feels like the Lakers just kind of slept through preparation because if you go look at the in the NBA right now at who's running the most zone offense in the NBA, I mean, I'm, I'll show you guys. If you look at zone defense in the NBA, there is only one team in the NBA that runs more zone defense than the Lake than the Miami Heat per game is the Utah Jazz. The Jazz and the Heat are the only two teams in the entire NBA to run zone at a ten percent frequency or higher out of all their uh zone uh, out of all the defensive possessions so the fact that you were just not prepared it felt like at times throughout tonight's game the fact that you just felt and you just looked completely ill-prepared at times throughout tonight's game is completely irresponsible like that shouldn't that, that shouldn't happen especially because it's so freaking easy to beat the zone all you had to do and the lakers most times they even like play it like this they kind of they a lot of times played it like this, where it was a it was four out one in against the zone, which is fine, right? But now it kind of makes it, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of makes it a little bit easier of a guard against the zone. I'm not gonna lie. Right? Because when the ball gets swung, once the ball gets swung, and maybe that that's a bit much, right? When the ball gets swung to the right wing, you're not overloading the floor at all. So when the ball gets swung to the right wing and we're, we're still going four out one in um, and you try to enter it into the post or whatever, even if you don't enter it into the post, 
you are if you split the court in half it is three heat defenders to two laker defenders on this side right it's three on two defensively so the so the heat defense has the advantage right there in that case right whereas even if even if you just sit like overloaded the floor and you went even if you want to keep it four out one in the you just made the floor a little bit more balanced to where now I throw it to the two and I throw it to the three even, or and maybe we'll just have him fill up a little bit more. The floor is a lot more balanced and like it, you actually have to guard everybody, right? We're going to push this back, but this is all the Lakers had to do. This is all the Lakers had to do to beat the zone tonight. And at times they just didn't. And at times, at times the Lakers, at, at, at times the 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 Lakers put together possessions where they did beat the zone. But this is all you had to do. Ball gets swung right there. I get it, right? You don't have a, a bunch of time in the world, all the time in the world. You, you have to score in twenty four seconds. I get it, right? Quick pitch right there. This guy, where the four is, you make the you make LeBron the middleman. You make Bron the high post dude. You make AD. So, so let's identify these guys. Let's make this AD. Let's make this Braun. Uh, let's go. Let's just go LJ. Let's go AR. Let's go. Uh, let's go TP, I guess. And let's go Max. Okay. So cool. Ball gets swung right there to Torian. Torian is immediately, so the defense is probably going to shift a little bit, right? When Braun flashes, he's going to come over and he's going to try his hardest. And I, I, I messed up just a little bit here. So he'll shift over. Let's, uh, let me, let, let me advance to the next one so we get it. Cool. So we got the ball over here now, right? He's going to do his best. Come over here. He's going to do his best to try to take this away x3 might fill up a little bit he'll probably drop and he probably won't even be over there right but this is how it will look the middle of the floor is wide open right here the middle floor is wide open so you, all you have to do if you're lebron or whatever get to the open spot in the zone this is all you have to do this is like elementary all you have to do we want torrent making the pass Gets to the open spot in the zone. Anthony Davis ducks in at the rim. AD literally just dives down to the basket. Max Christie on the opposite side. He dives down. That stretches this guy. You make this guy a decision maker. Cool. Do, do I want to? Because the top two guys in the zone technically, they are still occupied because this is their side of the floor. So X3 had to help do, I want, X5 with AD dives in, he seals his man off, he seals off X4 on, on his side. Do I want to help at the rim, or do I want to give up a wide open three to Max, force X3 to help, one more, Austin now gets a, a, an easy paint touch, right? Put the zone in rotation consistently, and when the Lakers did that, they killed it. Like, there was there were three, there were, there were several possessions not, not several several might be a little bit too nice right but there were 
possessions, consecutive possessions in a row where the Lakers figured out the zone and then they would go right back to like, eh, you know what? We don't know the zone or we don't know how to, to beat it anymore. Right. And the, 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 the heat run zone in the first quarter. Okay. I get it. Right. Maybe it's able to throw you off a little bit by the time the second quarter hits, you need to have figured out the zone. Right. So if we just go second, third and fourth quarter with the zone defense that the heat ran, the heat ran zone 41 times. And you scored at a 0.854 points for possession, right? That's just not good enough, man. Against the zone, you kept turning the ball over against the zone. You got to be able to figure this stuff out quicker, man. So freaking frustrating. So freaking frustrating. If you look at the overall uh, play type data for tonight's game in general, the Lakers couldn't guard a ball screen all night. The the Heat, again, you want to talk about preparation. The Heat just kept dialing up the right stuff all night long. Um, the Lakers just didn't have enough spot, uh, shots out of spot-up possessions. This is another reason why right here just cut more often, man. The, La the Lakers scored at a 1.125 points per possession rate off of cuts. Um, Yeah, just a really, really frustrating game. And... I'm the Lakers keep playing like this, man. I, I'm calling for Darvin's job. Like I, I said, I'm going to pull up the uh, Lakers schedule here. I, I said that I would give Darvin the month. I'm going to go back on my word. I'm going to go back on my word. I'm going to give Darvin by next weekend. Like there needs to be like, I need to see like legitimate improvement. Heading into this Utah game next Saturday. I, I, I have to see it. Because right now, the way this team is trending, the way this team is trending since, since uh, Indiana, December 9th, this team has went from a top-tier contender to a team that's just playing god-awful basketball, doesn't have an identity, and, I mean, Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the – I mean, not one of. He is the best coach in the NBA. He's the first battle Hall of Famer, one of the best coaches uh, of all time, in my opinion, right? And, and uh, what – I mean, you, you just look at the heat. The heat never – even if you just, like, game plan your butt off defensively, it, it never really feels like the heat – are rattled or to the point where like they he just lose their identity defense offensively. The Heat know what they want to do. The Heat, they're gonna move the ball a ton. They're gonna have a bunch of they're gonna hit these movement threes. They're gonna get to their their dribble handoff game that some of their zoom action. They're gonna let Bam initiate a large chunk of the offense. Like think about it this way. And I, I know it has been a problem recently, especially because AD's been dominant recently, but I don't know why it still marks this uh, Heat game as live. Let's see if a refresh will help. But there are still games where the Heat, I mean, where the Lakers, excuse me, it's still saying games live. There will be games where the Lakers still forget, oh, oh, we have to play call for Anthony Davis? The, the Heat literally run a big chunk of their offense through 
uh, through Bam out of bio. Like, they're never just not going to throw the ball to Bam or just not throw the ball to Jimmy, right? And I think that one of the biggest one one of the one one of the biggest things all the time whenever you bring up with, with the Lakers like, like hey look you know I think when AD posts up you know you you just have to to cut more you you have to do a better job cutting that's something I brought up a few more times a few a couple of times where we talk about AD post ups or brought ISOs or things like that it's oh well I think they need to cut more and the the number one argument right back is always. Well, no, like you don't want to cut more because uh, you know the, the Le- LeBron and Anthony Davis they 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 prefer their the 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 complimentary players, if you will, to be spot up dudes. And with absolute all due respect, I could care less. Right, we're talking about what helps you win basketball games. What helps you win basketball games isn't throw the ball in the post to Anthony Davis and watch. That doesn't win basketball games. It just doesn't. What wins you freaking basketball games is throw it in the post AD wisely. And I'm not saying you cut every single time because there are there are definitely instances where it's like, okay, cool. Yes, we want a design one-on-one. We don't want you to cut and send and maybe even send extra help. But a lot of these freaking cut, dude. Burn is, is not that hard. The Heat are in the 77th percentile in the NBA and in and, and, and cuts and, and scoring possessions off of cuts right now they're weirdly not that efficient they're actually dead last in the NBA in efficiency off of cuts in terms of points per possession in terms of field goal percentage off of cuts the heat are 27th but it doesn't even matter it, how efficient they are off of cuts. By the way, the Lakers are l- literally a top seven team in the NBA off of cuts. They score seventy percent off of cuts, right? But but the Lakers, in terms of how many times they're running, they're they're doing it. The Lakers, in terms of possessions per game on cuts, are fourteenth too low. Percent percentage of like their offensive scoring possessions, the Heat are six. The Lakers are fourteenth again, too low cut man because you, you go look at uh, let me see if i can find the heat again uh, like if you go find bam out of bio post up possessions or even like jimmy isos right there, there, there's so many times and where the lakers i just think don't do a good enough job and i'm gonna go back to the whiteboard here i'm gonna go back to the whiteboard and i uh how do i can I, am I able to, I just want a real, uh, we're, we're, we're going to redraw this. We're going to redraw this. Okay. Uh, I just get, we're going to go with a empty setup. So l- too many times with the Lakers, let's say we have a ball screen right here and I'm not, again, am I saying it's realistic to cut every single time? No, I'm not. That that's not even feasible, right? But too many times we we literally see teams guard and let's put LeBron on the floor. We're gonna put LeBron right here. This happened tonight. This happened tonight. I don't even care who the guy is guarding the ball, right? We got LeBron right here. We have LeBron's man in the gap. We have uh, we have X one guy, and then we have X. X five. So we have 
I don't know why it gave me three. We have Anthony Davis's man right here. He's he's attached to AD. It keeps giving me five. That's very frustrating. There we go. All right. So you go balls green or whatever. It will, maybe we'll space it out a little bit more. He's locking to chasing. They're going drop. They're just going drop coverage. Okay. Drop coverage. And we're just going to put randomly. We're just going to fill in two other players on the floor. That's wrong. Fill in. Give me a two and give me a, a, a four. I don't know. Right. Don't worry about the numbers for this is just for simplicity's sake. Right. Just for the exercise. So one of the ways. One of the and I mean we 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 literally seen the Lakers win a playoff series by doing this right the the stampede cuts at forty five cuts where now he has to be he has to be in a drop he has to be in a drop so when I'm coming off attacking this downhill right as long as this is a good screen I'm gonna have an advantage I'm gonna have an advantage but. X5 is to remain in his principle of, and that's not what I wanted, but X5, the bigs, the bigs defender has to remain in a principle and be ready to, uh, to, to retreat back to his man. Once, uh, what, once X1 is able to get around it. Right. So a lot of times we'll see, We'll see X3 stunt in the gap to try to stop the ball. And too many times the Lakers will just settle for a catch to shoot three right here. Too many times. And I get it, right? I get it. LeBron's been an efficient three-point shooter this season, right? He's been, he's been super efficient. Austin, as a catch-to-shoot guy, has been fine. Torian Prince has been a really good catch-to-shoot guy. Uh, who am I missing? Max is a good catch and shoot guy, but why not just literally when, when X3 commits at the nail and sends this nail help, literally just cut right behind his freaking face at, uh, whoever the format, whoever the, the opposite corner dude is, he just fills right up and you maintain your spacing. And if you want to get even more creative or whatever, you can have a shake on the on the on the ball side. Like this is not even a, a lot of complicated movement off the ball, but just doing more stuff like this, where you get a ball screen, you get shake action on the ball side, you get a forty-five cut or a stampede cut with LeBron, freaking James, who's one of the best cutters still in the NBA. Like, come on. Even if this isn't Braun, even if this is Austin or whoever, just got to get more movement. Stuff like this is a great way to be able to help yourself get more movement. All right, chat. Let's see where you guys are at. How you guys feeling after uh, tonight's game? Aaron says, fire ham. A couple more games like this. Like I said, by next week, I mean, I'm going to be there. I'm starting to get pretty... Uh, I, I'm starting to get pretty impatient. Definitely starting to get pretty impatient. And the reason being is because Braun and AD are relatively healthy, playing at a top 10 level, both of them, especially, especially Anthony Davis. Oh, my God, it's so frustrating. 
it, it's so frustrating when you look at the way Anthony Davis has played basketball. The, the past month or whatever, basically like Indiana game. Anthony Davis is the one dude that post-in-season tournament has kind of had his ish together. And I might even go back and say the entire month of, of December. Because AD had that 27 and 14 game to start off the month. Like, so freaking frustrating. He's been so good this season. I mean, if you look at Anthony Davis as a offensive engine, literally very good post player. Uh, not as efficient of a pick and roll roll man as you would hope. <clears throat> not as efficient as pick and roll roll man as you would hope. Great as a, a, a dump off cutter guy. Good in transition. The spot up game's coming back. A really good ISO player this season. When you go some handoff stuff has been there for AD. Like, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And when you talk about uh Tam, Tam really quickly says, uh this loss is on you, Sean, for not coming back a while ago. Did you fall asleep or something? Uh, I, I can't confirm nor deny what, what happened, but I, I will take accountability for the loss. You know, all, all we got to do is just, you know, get take a look at the film and we'll uh, get better from there. But the players got to be better. I don't know. There, there's some generic coaches speak for you. Probably something Darvin Ham said. Uh, take a look at the film. We'll get better tomorrow. Players be better. So. Uh, somebody in the chat just, just put this out there about the, the, the coaching thing and the coaching hire or, or a firing Darvin Ham thing. And, and this is where I'm at with the firing Darvin Ham thing. If you fire Darvin Ham now in the regular season, then your only option, like your only serious option, let me just say that. Your only serious option is to hire within house. Like hiring outside of house, like going out to get a Mike Boonehoser or a Doc Rivers is another name that I saw in the chat. That's unserious if you fired midseason. The reason why it's unserious because you're asking them to come in to come in and in two months' time, in two months' time install a whole new scheme and by the way doc rivers is unserious in general but i'm just entertaining it right for 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 the exercise you're you have two months because you're still trying to win games because the playoffs is coming up soon like you like yeah you have this month february march april so i, I don't know why i said two months but you really have three because the all-star break in, in april is it a long month in general and like when are you firing darvin right so we'll just say you have three months to install a completely new scheme, build completely new philosophies, build a whole new rotation, establish new roles. That's just something that like is insanely hard for a real championship contender to accomplish in January from a new coaching staff, right? And again, adjusted to a whole new staff. I mean, it, it's just a lot, right? If you fire Darman and you went to Phil Handy, Chris Gent, or something like that, okay, cool. That makes more sense than going out and getting like 
a Mike Boonholzer or whatever, right? Or a Kenny Atkinson are going to get Terry Stotts, especially if you go get Terry Stotts, because that's just a complete like scheme shift where if you had stayed in house or at least you went to go get Bud for whatever reason, it's a fairly similar scheme like that you're running, right? So that's why I think personally, even if I might get really, really tired of Darwin's crap in, in like the next week or two, I probably still won't ever say fire Darwin midseason. I'm just going to say, okay, cool. This summer, you got to get a new coach. And Tam now then follows up by saying, who are your top three realistic options to replace him, if ever? So my top three, my top three personally, is number one at the very top of my list is David Adelman. He is the assistant coach for the for the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think that he is, first off, he, he's kind of, I don't want to discredit Michael Malone, but he's kind of the offensive coordinator for that. Uh, <clears throat> he's kind of the offensive coordinator for the Denver Nuggets, um, if you will. And he does such a freaking good job. The how the ball just is so fluidly moving in Denver, how they know how to, to, to attack certain schemes like they had a great series against the Lakers in the playoffs last season. Right. David Almonds is a stud. He's interviewed for jobs before, etc. The second one would be uh, my, my second, you know, head coaching hire would be Kevin Young, assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns. Another guy who just runs freaking awesome stuff. He is so good as a another offensive coordinator, if you will, in that role. And then thirdly, I probably am going Terry Stotts. If you guys could tell here. I'm going off a in a more offensive minded head coach, and you just find like the appropriate in air quotes defensive coordinator, if you will, to to fill that role on the staff. And also you have Anthony Davis. So to a certain extent, figure it out, you'll be okay. Right. But you just need more, I think, forward thinking offensive minds, cough, cough, like I said, David Alleman and cough, cough like Kevin Young that are going to come in here that would come in here and establish like a, a, a newer offense that can hit the ground running. And we can finally get a top 10 offense in the LeBron and Anthony Davis era, which for some reason has not happened yet. And I, I put something out on Twitter about going to get David Adelman and it was immediately met with, uh, Oh man, like, we're not going. I don't, I don't want to go with the the uh, another rookie head coach. That was the problem with Darvin Ham or whatever. Yada yada yada. No, let's backtrack. Here's the problem with with uh, <clears throat> going first time head coach, right? Or it, it's not that it was it's a first time head coach. It's not that you know it's uh, Mike Boone. It's not that right. The reason the you, you can't let one experience scar you from making the right choice, right? So you could say. If if you were in a in a in a pool, right, and like it, the the coaching candidates are David Adelman, uh, David Adelman, Kevin Young, or whatever, and the it, yes, David Adelman is a uh, Rick Adelman's son. Uh, you have those two, and then the other two candidates are Byron Scott and Luke Walden, right? 
are you gonna because of this one bad experience with Darvin Ham or whatever? Are you gonna go and say, "Nah, I, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn the other way." At two really, really good. I mean, the Lakers don't have to interview them, obviously, but presumably two really, really good head coaching candidates because they're first-time head coaches. So we're going to go get the experienced guy who's not good. And I'm not saying Terry Stotts isn't good because Terry, Terry, Terry Stotts would probably be my third option, probably, like I said. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. But like, are you going to turn the other way and go get Kenny Atkinson or go get uh, Mark Jackson? Are we going to do that because we are that scared or Doc Rivers of going first time head coach again because we had a bad experience? Because we had a bad experience, right? That that that's just not good practice, right? And. Every coach has to has to start at some point. Ty Lue is the first time coach at some point. Ty Lue is first time his first year as a head coach won an NBA championship. Emi Odoka, his first year as an NBA head coach, guess what? Went to the NBA Finals. I don't think Joe Mazzulla is that great, but Joe Mazzulla's first year as a head coach, I think he's gotten better this year. Joe Mazzulla's first year as a head coach, guess what? Went to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, Game Seven, right? Uh. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm going to look at the standings here really quick to, to cheat and kind of help my way out. 
Uh, Mark Daniel was the first time head coach. They happened the first year, but guess what? Now he's coaching. I mean, he's been coaching really his butt off. The Thunder, the I don't think they're the number one seed in the West. They're like the two seed in the West right now. Right. So, like, you have to come up at some point. Now, again, there are cases where a first time head coach might be a dud. Right. Or, yeah, Chris Finch, too, even. Like, like, uh, the, the Cobra says here in the chat, Chris Finch. Yeah. Willie Green, first time head coach. First time head coach, first year, terrible start with New Orleans. Takes that team to game six of the, of the first round to a su far superior Phoenix Suns team. A far superior Phoenix Suns team. Took that team, really almost took that team to seven. And if they got to game seven, it might have got a little dicey. So just because it's a first time head coach, don't turn the other way. Because he's a first-time head coach. That's all. That is all. All right. Let's wrap the show up by taking a look at the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, briefly previewing this game. John Morant is back. And John Morant being back, he is he, he just opens up this offense. He just opens up this offense, and he makes life a lot easier for Desmond Bain and for Jaron Jackson Jr. He just makes their lives so much easier. He does. He came back and kind of right away became a, a top 20 player again, like right off the rip. He's been a, a, a really good ISO player so far since he's come back. Still really, really good in, in, in transition, attacking off of spot ups, getting to the rim, driving both ways. He's scoring uh, at a 52.2% effective field goal percentage rate out of ball screens, getting to the line at a fairly all right rate as well. I still think, like, if you go back last season, I, I forget what it was. I want to say if, if Ja is on the left side you ice the ball screen and you send them you keep them left i honestly forget so that is no 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 is if he's on the right side you you want to keep jaw right right chat if you guys uh uh people that know jaw i forget i want to say is you want to keep him right let's see because he wants to go left that's what it is right yeah he wants to go left if i remember correctly let me uh let's go to the playoffs. Let's go to the playoffs and, and let's see what we got with Ja. Even against the Lakers. Or maybe it is forced Ja left. No, it, it, he lives going left. Yeah, keep him right. Okay, cool. That's, that's what I thought. So keep Ja right if and that's why you would have a ball screen on the right side, right? So if it's a ball screen on the right hand side of the floor, just ice it. Keep him on the ice it or weak it, meaning just keep him on the uh, weak side of the floor, the weak side of the floor for the player. So he's he wants to go back left. Okay, cool. We're just going to keep him on the right side, make him go right, take charges, fully lo uh, load the floor over. Like, if there was ever – tonight was a big game. Tonight was a big game. It was, right? But if there was ever a must-win game, if there was ever a game seven in a regular season in January, or a January regular season game, if that if that ever existed, it's Friday night. 
you absolutely cannot lose Friday night. Like you lose Friday night. Like I don't even care for forget process for a second. For screw it. Throw the process crap out the window. Throw the play. I don't care. I don't care how it happens. You lose Friday night. And you might and we you guys catch my drift. You you cannot lose Friday night. That is a must win of must wins for a January regular season game. You cannot lose that game. I don't care. Well, I'll get back to the process crap or whatever uh, after that, or I'll judge the team based off the process there. But you absolutely, under no circumstances, there are you allowed to lose Friday night's game. You're at home. Super must win. You're not traveling. Literally, look at the schedule. Look at the schedule. You are in L.A. literally the entire month except for this January 13th game against Utah. You're in the month. You're in L.A. literally. You don't leave this L.A. outside of Utah until – you don't leave – oh, sorry. You don't leave California outside of that Utah game until January 29th for the Grammy trip. And and Utah started to put together some wins. Like Utah ain't no slouch anymore. Utah has started to creep up on you. Utah has put up 154 freaking points, which is absurd. Right? You have to win. You have to. You're the freaking 10 seed in a year where AD and LeBron have played basically the entire year. That's unacceptable. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in to the LakersNation.com post-post-game show. I've been Sean Davis. We'll be back Friday night after the, the conclusion of the Memphis Grizzlies game. Like I said, a super must-win game. Oh, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Till next time. Go Lake Show. Stay safe. Till next time, everybody. Peace out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.